Welcome to Abuela Selección, a multicultural podcast for our common good. I am Dr. Rosemary Celaya Alston, and I'm here with my co-host, Marie Dahlstrom. Today, we continue our series, Pláticas de la Vida, Talks About Life. Today, we're going to be talking about humility and self-compassion. Last week, we talked about our emotions, about the human experience of feeling both joy and pain. Yeah, you know, last week was intense for me. And, and I have to say, Rosemary and I, we've been talking about our the impact of doing this series on us, uh, Pláticas de la Vida, and, and talking about our emotional well-being, which um, we often do not do in our society. And uh, my thoughts after our episode last week is that it took me a long time to really understand that uh, joy and pain work together. And it's a full spectrum of feelings that we have. And they're, they are good. They are the human experience and that we learn how to acknowledge and pay attention to those. When we're in the midst of our pain and suffering, it's so hard. In, at least in my experience, to believe that we will ever feel joy again. But we do, even after tragic, tragic loss. And when we listen to our pain, rather than try to escape it, we grow in ways we could never, never have imagined. In fact, I remember that when my dad was suddenly killed, I remember asking my husband if he thought that I could ever smile or feel happiness again. And his response was, it will come, it will come, you will be happy again. And he was right. And it can be hard work to get through all of that pain and to affirm it and acknowledge it, but it's so worthwhile. Psychologist Stephen Hayes says, in your pain, you find your values. And in your values, you find your pain. It's the place you suffer where you will find what is most important to you. It takes me back um, on a more personal level to um, the loss of my baby sister um, approximately 13 years ago. Um, I referred to her lovingly as Claire her name was Margaret. Her middle name was Clara. And we had a, a, a very special bond, our sisters. Uh, there are three of us in total. She was, it was a very cold and stormy, uh, snowy day in Minnesota. And she was on her way to an appointment that she had. And she tragically lost her life um, by a semi who was um, behind her um, and another semi in front of her. Um, so her, her ability to be able to stop and, and make sense due to the storm and the pressure of what was where she was in between both these large vehicles took her tragically leaving her family, four small children, her youngest at that time was seven, and her eldest was 21. I 
I see the continuous suffering for all of us and for her family, especially those children and her spouse. And I feel a, a deep, deep sense of pain and hurt. It's been 13 years, but it feels like it was yesterday for my parents. And they mourn every day. They're, and in fact, you know, I did recognize my mother shared with me not too long ago. I never will be the same. I will be who I am, but I will never be a same because I got that part that's missing from me. I wish I would have said a whole bunch of stuff to myself because it's the nevers that we get. Um, never see her, never laugh with her. Yes, we can see videos. Yes, we can see pictures, but it's not the same. Her and I would have coffee every morning. I was in Oregon at that time. She's still in Minnesota at, we were punctual on eight o'clock, nine o'clock in the morning. She'd have her coffee. I have my coffee and we would talk about our week. I miss those times. And I wish upon a mighty star that I could still have those still with us in many shapes and forms. But I got to tell you, it still hurts. Rosemary. It, it, thank you for sharing that. It's so painful for us to talk about our hurts. And um, our soul doesn't know how long it, it is. It, our souls, uh, they, um, for our souls, it's as if we lost our loved ones yesterday. It feels so recent. And it's so important for us to be able to share with others what our tragedies are so that people who have had tragedies and um, experiences of loss and pain like we all have can know that they're not alone. What you shared your your ritual of coffee with with Claire in the morning is there a special story that you think of when you think about her that makes you smile? Yes. I was in the midst of trying to complete a dissertation that took me 10 years to complete, as you well know, Marie. And I was getting very frustrated. It was a very challenging, difficult process. I was reading and on and on, and I felt like I was not writing, and she would call me on Saturdays and say, where are you at? What are you doing? How far are you? Do you want to eat Cheerios for the rest of your life? <laughs> and I said, no, I don't want to eat Cheerios. They get this dissertation done. I do pay my respects to her inside my dissertation, because it, it began the Saturday morning cup of coffee that take us take takes me back of where are you let me hear what, what you're saying what are you doing so she kept me on task I felt like and I still feel like I, I have a little bit of attention deficit disorder I want to be able to do all these things and I sometimes very hard to focus and stay true to that line that we have to write I finally did finish it and um, I had a lot of support, like I shared with you, Marie. 
my dissertation certificate in terms of all the degrees that we have should have all the names of the people on that degree of help who helped us blood, sweat, and tears. So you had Claire to thank for that. And she's still with you as you are maybe even um, trying to um, confront an obstacle or a challenge in your life. She's there encouraging you to walk through it. Right. And, you know, I can't pass a box of Cheerios in a store and not (laughs) smile. (laughs) I love that. I love that. Well, I want to share with you, you know, Dichos, we start off generally our podcasts with a story central to the Platica de la Vida um, focus today. And our Dicho today is, no te preocupes por los pasos que das en tu vida, sino por los ways que te dejas en tu andar. Don't dwell on the steps you have taken in your life. Instead, dwell on the footprints left on your walk. This is a really important topic and and one that actually Rosemary and I talk a lot about and we have over the many years that we've known each other. Um, Many years ago, when my family and I lived in Portland, Oregon, I had the honor of being invited to see the Honorable Dalai Lama speak at the Rose Garden. It was the Rose Garden at the time. I was so excited to hear his insights on global peace. I I was confident that he was going to lay out all of these important ways in which we could achieve um, global peace. And yet, his message was very clear and simple. The way to world peace is through our hearts. And it took me a long time to really grasp what he meant. And I, over the years, have been able to, in my growing, understand that a healthy society depends on our humility, and compassion as members of our society, moving from me to we, because we live in the United States, and it's a very capitalistic, competitive society that values individualism. And right now, we're experiencing the taking away of women's reproductive rights, voters' rights, rights of LGBTQ communities, and way more. We're in a dangerous time with efforts by a significant portion of the country to move us closer to toward an autocracy with power in the hands of few. But we Latinos, indigenous and other communities of color come from cultures that value community over the needs of any one person. We know in our souls there's more to life than how much we make, how much we achieve the cars we drive, the houses we live in. The upcoming midterm elections are critical for a healthy democracy, and it's up to all of us to make sure that all of our family members and communities register to vote and vote for candidates who will govern on behalf of us all. Our ability to love others, 
to be compassionate and humble, begin with love for ourselves, with self-compassion. Culturally, we're not taught to be kind to ourselves. And self-compassion is something we must work at. We must be intentional in being kind to ourselves and in changing our relationship with ourselves and others. You know, Marie, there is really no magic key to unlocking life's mysteries of what may be in store for us in our lives. We start off with a plan, a wish upon a mighty star, and have timelines in which to accomplish them. Life has a way of getting in the way and telling us at every turn sometimes that we take or relationships that we have, there will be detours. Wait a minute. Just hold on. And a dime. Life can change. With rocky and stormy waters ahead, which change the course of our initial boat journey. Life can be messy and downright complicated. It can also give you plenty of reasons to be resentful and angry of what could have been, and more importantly, the loss of time of self, dreams we may have had, people in our lives who may have left too soon or without knowing how we felt. Issues from the past may be considered unfinished business. This can be something said to us or an event that brought us harm. It may remain confusing or complicated due to the nature of the relationship. When we have this stuff or baggage weighing us down, it may result in ongoing grief, injuries to our soul and hearts. We know what we need to do and may not be ready to address it. My son, Sean, is a hospice nurse and shares that most of his work is focused around helping families grieve and letting go of many painful memories families have endured. He shares, there's so much unfinished business, Mom, between family members and their loved ones who are, who are in passing on, and I witness the difficulty and fear of talking about whatever this may be for them. That may be holding them back or letting go of their loved ones. There are many examples you may all have in your own lives that could add to this. Grieving is living. These personal experiences, which may feel like a brick wall or something that has been emotionally avoided, can lead us to lifelong regrets. Our desire to confront, to confront or complete the unfinished business may get in the way of finding peace of mind and robbing us of life. At the heart of moving through difficult experiences, we need to find ways for grieving ourselves. And like Marie has shared, granting permission to ourselves for self-compassion. I would like to share a story regarding this detail. Emilia was born in 1911 and died at 103 years of age with so much unfinished business tucked away like a library book hidden in the back of a corner of a bookcase. She was a survivor of a broken family, the Great Depression, widowed and only had an eighth grade uh, education. At 13 years of age, she was responsible for working to help her mother and siblings. Education remained an important part of her life and she felt less than because of the lack of education she had. 
this ultimately became an issue later in her life, limiting her to the employment opportunities she would have had. She married early at age 17 to an abusive man who struggled with alcohol. This relationship silenced her in many respects. However, it did not stop her from raising five children who received their education, went on to college to become successful, compassionate individuals. Emilia carried the weight of the world on her shoulders and never once complained or showed indifference to her husband and remained committed to her family. She shared, I could not fix my husband, so I learned how to not ask, why me? Emilia's story is like many women of that era. They did not worry about what they didn't have. They put on Academy Award performances for their children and families to hide their pain and did not think twice about volunteering in the community and finding purpose and service to others. For this woman, the family knew that her ability to aguantar, to endure, held her together. Amelia found purpose in her life in helping others, and all the hurtful arrows that were thrown her way, she came to terms that some things in her life would remain unfinished and would often say, se acabó, finished. Emilia understood a deeper commitment to working on things that people can't take away from you, such as her character, what she knew to be true to herself, and coming to terms with trying to make sense out of everything and only drive us to the edge of the mountain. She just lived one moment in time and was grateful every day to the sunsets and the sunrises. Amelia's story really helps us to be able to um, look to um, uh, wisdoms um, through the hearing about the pain and suffering of her and so many others who have come before us and who laid the, the, the groundwork for those of us future subsequent generations. And they're, they're beautiful. It's hard to hear about their pain, but it provides such um, inspiration for us to be able to learn from those stories. So now um, I'm going to talk a little bit about the science and how, what are the steps that we can take for our self-compassion? and um, humility. As humans, we are hardwired for survival, not happiness. Mindfulness gives us a mental space and the ability to decide how we will respond to a situation. Science shows us that we can change how we respond to the events in our lives. We are not doomed depending on the events of our life, we are not doomed to a life of, of pain and suffering. We can turn that uh, um, around and we can take the steps to be able to make changes in our life. So we can deactivate the default mode that helps us move from self-blaming and anger, which is detrimental to our health, and to move to more more positive, healthful behaviors. 
Next week, we look forward to interviewing Rob Hernandez, author of Simply Love, Changing the Paradigm of Thought, One Heart at a Time. And his book helps us with steps for loving ourselves through behavioral practices and activities. And he'll talk more about ways to do this. I like uh, one suggestion he has, and he recommends developing two lists. List one is, I know I truly love myself when, and you finish, uh, when I'm kind to others and myself, or when I take care of my health. Um, Make a list for yourself. List two is, I know I'm not being loving to myself when, for example, I say awful hurtful things to myself or when I do destructive behaviors like procrastinate or overindulge. And what he recommends is write, put both lists together and look at them, compare them. And now stop doing the things on list two. Easy to say, hard to do, but you can. Because once you notice, the you compare and contrast those two lists you are then increasing awareness in yourself. Because what happens is throughout the day, many of us, we give ourselves negative and hurtful messages. And it happens so often that we're not even aware of it. So another way to help us be able to change these hurtful behaviors is, and we talked about it in a previous episode is using the behavior modification technique soda stop observe detach and affirm the first is that when we see ourselves beginning to get engaged in this negative way of thinking stop for a minute hit the pause button and observe what is taking place right now don't um Uh, assign any feelings or emotion to it. Just observe without any judgment and detach. In this step, we can step away and we can choose to not continue down this pathway. We can say no to it. And in the final step, we say, okay, we can switch the negative thought with an affirmation. For example, if we're, we, we tend to procrastinate and we put a lot of pressure to reach a deadline, to, um, to do whatever a, a commitment we've made to our family, and we start putting ourselves down, and you stop in that moment and say, wait a minute, this is um, not about who I am as a, as a person. This is about stopping and taking a look at the self blaming behavior I'm engaging in and replacing it with, I love myself and I will get it done. And next time, maybe I'll try it differently. And to take some deep breaths, slow down, be mindful of the beauty of you, your loved ones, and this beautiful life that you have. You know, Marie, there's so much research that backs up what you're sharing. Um, just even taking three minutes out of your day, hopefully at the beginning of that day, and finding what you're grateful for. Maybe one or two things. 
our minds begin to transform into a more positive place. And there's even research to support that. I woke up this morning and I will share with you. I am grateful just to have one more day. And I am grateful for this time that Rosemary and I have had with you, the listeners. Thank you for joining us today and join us next time on our next episode of Pláticas de la Vida as we continue this conversation about our emotional, physical, and spiritual well-being. Gracias. Gracias.